chapter eight of carpenter's geographical reader africa by frank g carpenter this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by betty b the desert of sahara our journeys for the next few weeks are to be in the desert we have been near it many times since we landed at tangier but we shall now venture far out into this vast region of rock and sand with the exception of the parts of morocco algeria and tunis which we have explored and the long narrow valley of the nile farther eastward almost the whole of northern africa is taken up by the sahara the longest continuous desert on earth it is one of a series of deserts which extends throughout asia into africa and clear across that continent to the atlantic ocean the sahara is so vast that if four mighty giants could lift it up at the corners and drop it down upon our country it would not only cover it but in places would extend out into canada and the mexican gulf from west to east its thirsty length is so great that no explorer has been able to cross it in that direction and its width from north to south is greater than the distance from the atlantic ocean to the rocky mountains on the north it extends in some places to the mediterranean sea and on the south it loses itself in the sudan a wide belt of rich well-watered land which crosses africa extending southward to the fertile regions of the river congo the sudan has a luxuriant growth of grass and trees it is peopled by blacks of many tribes who are largely supplied with goods carried across the sahara but what kind of a country is this vast desert region the word sahara which comes from the arabic means uninhabited wilderness this hardly describes the sahara for parts of it are inhabited these are the oases situated about wells and springs where the land for a small space blossoms like the rose each oasis has its little settlement shaded by date palms and other trees there are so many of them that their people all together number hundreds of thousands in general however the sahara is a waste of dry land cut by dry mountain chains with many valleys and dry beds of rivers running this way and that here it consists of a vast plain of sand there the land rises in a rocky plateau and miles farther on are bleak and bare mountains as ragged and stony as our rockies here the sand has blown and drifted into dunes or hills much as the snow drifts in our northern states and there the plain is covered with pebbles and boulders smooth round stones of many colors some people look upon the desert as all low flat and sandy this is not the nature of much of the sahara for the most part it is lofty plateaus the average height of the land being more than a quarter of a mile above the mediterranean sea the desert is often called a sea of sand we might better describe it as a billowy ocean of rock and sand tossed by the storms of time into all sorts of shapes if the sahara were all waste there could be no travelling through it here and there along the northern and southern edges is a scanty vegetation furnishing pasture for camels and sheep other regions are so green during parts of the winter and spring that the wandering tribes drive their animals there to feed and the oases are islands of green in this dry ocean made fertile by the water from springs wells underground streams or hollows in the beds of wadis 
that is rivers which are dry most of the year in some of the wadis are stunted trees and on the desert itself one often finds ragged plants bristling with thorns the oases have date palms and lemon orange peach apricot and other fruit trees they grow wheat barley vegetables and beautiful flowers it is the lack of moisture only that makes the sahara a desert its soil is for the most part so rich that where watered it produces as well as our western prairies or india siam hawaii and the west indies which are luxuriant well-watered lands in about the same latitude but why is this great tract without water we ask the moisture-laden winds from the northwest are squeezed dry by the cold atlas mountains and those from the south and east are already dry before they reach the sahara in the winter the winds blow from the desert outward while in the summer when they blow inward the sun acting upon the sand and rock makes the air so hot that it evaporates the moisture before it can form into drops and fall as rain the result is that the winds of the desert are dry winds and the storms which are terrible at times are sandstorms which dash themselves against the rocks and scour them making more sand the air is hot in the daytime but cold at night this expands and contracts the rocks so that they split wear out and gradually fall to pieces thus the face of the desert is constantly changing if a few showers of rain fall anywhere plants spring up and for a time there is a bed of green dotted with flowers in some places water collects under the sand so that artesian wells can be made and irrigated oases formed by them the french have many such wells in the arid lands south of algeria and have thereby made fertile spots upon which groves of date palms and other things are growing the land here is so rich that the arabs say if you plant a stick in the desert and water it you will soon have a tree End of chapter 8